Okay, so we have today and tomorrow for topics classes, right? One of the one of the ideas that is unique in Chassidus is the idea of the Bainani. Um, kind, of, kind of the subject of Tanya. It's about what a Bainani is. And the word Baini literally means in between. So like when you go get a coffee in Hebrew, you can have a Katan, you can have a Gadol. If you just want, you know, the middle, right, the medium, it's called a Bainani. They actually don't serve a medium sized coffee. Not anymore, because that yeah. because because nowadays everything is large, extra large, and gigantic, right? Because God forbid we should use words like small and medium, because you know. It's like a big problem I've had since coming. Yes, <laughs> but. Yes, yes. So you can have the big, the large, or the super duper large, <laughs> right? Okay. Um, Often, ideas, and Altrabah writes this in the introduction of Tanya, often ideas, when they're in writing, um, are misunderstood because the reader reads it, and the reader makes sense of it based on their own background, their own context, their own experiences. And so they try to put things or ground things in things that they're already familiar with. Um, before we get to the Baini, I'm just going to use another example um, of this idea. Um, in chapter 32 of Tanya, the Alter Rebbe discusses how we should love every, we're supposed to love every Jew. Um, and after discussing the, the basis of that love and that kind of love, he then raises the question that we find in the Talmud there is an obligation to hate the sinner. If a Jew is a sinner, you're supposed to hate them. And so he has to address that. And the first thing he does, he qualifies that really, you know, we're only talking very, very certain kind of sinners, very select group of sinners, not everyone who does something wrong. Okay, fine. But at the end of the day, there are these sinners that you're supposed to hate, right? So he says, yes, you're supposed to hate them, but also love them. Okay. Now, most of the time that I have heard people say over this idea, they'll say something along the lines of you're supposed to love the person and hate what they do. Or something like that. Like, love the person, hate the actions. Which, fine, is a nice idea. Maybe it is a good idea, maybe it's a bad idea, but that's not what it says. What it actually says is you're supposed to hate the person. Right? But because the notion of hating people resonates as so abhorrent, even though that's actually literally what it says. And he also describes exactly which parts of the person we hate and which parts of the person you're not supposed to hate, etc. And, and it's also incoherent because if it's about the actions and there's no reason to limit it to only certain kinds of sinners. Any sin, is the act is always hateful. But completely disregarding the fact it doesn't fit into the flow of the text. People read it that way because the idea of hating somebody, hating another Jew, just seems so abhorrent, seems so, so out of the question that it can't be that's what it's going. And so, you, and you don't even necessarily realize that that's what's happening. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and this is something Alter himself addresses in the introduction that this is the danger of just giving people books and reading books. This is the value of oral Torah as opposed to written Torah. 
So for the topic for today um, is, is a Bainani. And there are many things about a Bainani which are, which are different, which are revolutionary in how to think. And very often because they're so counterintuitive, we, we, we misread, we mishear what's really going on. So I'm going to start with um, a core idea about a Bainani. And I want to develop that, and then depending on how that goes, there's some other things I want to touch on as well. The idea of a Bainani is based on the idea that there's two souls, a godly soul and an animal soul. In other words, you cannot have the concept of Bainani without two souls. Why is that? What is, what is a Baini that it depends on the concept of two souls? The whole idea of two souls is brought up in Tanya to help us understand that there's this path forward called the path of the Bainini. Well, I mean, if, I don't, if, I can, if that path is intelligible, is, is, is something I can actually apply to my life without knowing about the two souls and just skip right to that. Okay. What is the goal of, of, of spiritual growth? What do I mean? In other words, there, there's the idea that we're supposed to do mitzvahs, right? So you do more mitzvahs and do more mitzvahs and you sin less, okay? But the idea of spiritual growth is that it's not just about the amount of mitzvahs I do and the amount of sins I avoid doing, right? There's some kind of the human element of how I feel about those mitzvahs, why I'm doing those mitzvahs, right? And after all, someone who is doing all of the mitzvahs because they're afraid that God is going to punish them in hell, right? It's clearly not in the same spiritual place as someone that's devoted to God like Avraham or Yitzchak, right? It's not the same thing. So this idea of growth is not measured in the amount of mitzvahs you do or the amount of sins you avoid doing. Right? There's, a, there's, a, there's a kind of hierarchy of, of how we live and how we experience and how we're motivated that we're trying to move forward, right? That's something in that realm is what we're talking about when we're talking about spiritual growth, right? which is different than simply just doing more mitzvahs. So to put this in, in, in very simple words, spiritual growth is a kind of bettering of yourself, right? You are better the more spiritual growth you've done. That makes sense, right? It would be very disturbing if after all the spiritual growth you do, you discover that you're not better than you were before. Because that would seem to be pointless. And because of that, we, we want to think of spiritual growth as something that we can actually, like say, you know, I'm actually better. I've, I've improved him. <clears throat> in Hasidus, the way the Alkabah frames it in, 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 in Tanya, someone who is becoming better is what's called a tzaddik. That's a different thing altogether. And he doesn't absolve us of that path of spiritual growth. But that's not what a Bainini is. So to put this very simply, a Bainini is not better by engaging in that spiritual path and that spiritual growth.
so what that means is you have this thing, this, this, this goal, this project, this, this, this striving for something, right? Which is supposed to be in the realm of bettering myself. And what are we saying? Oh yeah, but you're not actually gonna end up any better than you are to begin with. That seems very odd, right? You know, if you have, I have good inclinations, I have evil inclination, I have good character traits, I have bad character traits, and I wanna shape myself and be motivated more by the good things and get rid of the bad things and hopefully I get you know, more and more to an ideal human state of the human being as God intended, the ideal state of what a Jew is supposed to be. And the whole idea of Abani is no, that's, not, that's not happening. It's not happening it's, and, and that's not a failure. There's an entirely different approach. To, to give an analogy, if, if you're running away from a tiger, how fast do you have to run? Faster than the tiger? No. Faster than the slowest person running away from the tiger. Because if that person's slower than you, then the tiger catches up to them, what happens? Tiger deals with that, right? It's an analogy. I think you understood the point. Now, if that person starts running faster, you better start running faster. Right? We tend to think of ourselves as beings that we can improve. We can be better. I can get rid of my negative things and improve my positive things. And the idea of abandoning is actually, no, no, no. The bad is going to get worse. The bad is going to get worse. Because the bad is operating on its own parallel track. So there's no point in trying to get rid of the bad. Right? What makes you bad is there. And again, barring any success in the path of the tzaddik is going to stay there and it's going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. So then it has to be counterbalanced. It has to be overridden by good. But that good is on its own track. Like, like there's two people running, right? If you're running, you just have to run faster than the other person, right? If they run faster, you have to run faster. But your running is your own independent running, right? The, the, the speed at which you have to run is, sent by that, is set by that person. But your running is an independent endeavor. So if you have an animal soul, and the animal soul is the source of evil in the person, and the animal soul just gets stronger as life goes on, then the evil gets stronger as life goes on. And, you know, the path of the baby doesn't bother trying to deal with that. In fact, not only that, the path of the baby even taps into the fact that the evil is getting stronger to actually motivate a deeper level of good. The idea is that the godly soul is not going to be limited by the evil of the, of, the, of the animal soul. So the more evil the animal soul is, all that just means is that the godly soul has a higher standard that it needs to live up to. If the animal soul is strong, the godly soul just needs to be stronger. If the animal soul is, is passionate, then the godly soul needs to be more passionate. If the godly animal soul... It, 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 it's not about... 
removing the evil. And so at the end of the day, right, if a person's lived 120 years of the life of the Bainani, right, and they look at themselves and they look inside themselves, they find a lot of evil inside. It didn't go away. It didn't disappear. And they never attempted to make it disappear. What the, but they also find is that as evil as it was, it was curtailed, it was contained. The Bainini is about strengthening good and containing evil rather than actually becoming a better person. In fact, the altar was an entire chapter, Tanya, dedicated to the idea that if the Bainini feels like they're in any way accomplished in their being a Bainini, that is, that is the reason why their godly soul has gone dark and they have no sense of God anymore. What's so bad about the animal soul? Because, I mean, there are things which I can clearly improve. I mean, if you're lazy, you can become less lazy, right? If you're, if you're not responsible, you can be more responsible. If you're, if you're um, uh, nasty to people, you can stop being... There's a lot of things you can improve on, a lot of traits you can work on. What's so evil inside of the person? Desire. The Alta says that the evil inside the person is that the person has the capacity to desire things that have nothing to do with God. The person feels a longing and a yearning for things that have nothing to do with God. And thus, the very core, the very root of sin is the person. Right? If I, the, the, uh, the, the sages make a, make a basic legal principle that we don't sin in sort of idealistic reasons. We sin because we feel like we're getting something out of it. We sin because it feels like it's meeting some kind of desire or need inside of ourselves. So what does that mean? That desire, that desire is, 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 is us. So that means the sin is not something I did. It's not, it's not a trait I need to work on. The sin is me. And until my core capacity to desire things other than God is addressed, the sinful behavior that a person does is not make them evil. It testifies to the evil that was there all along. <coughs> and the idea of the bane is like, okay, fine. So that evil's there. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to get weaker. I'm not even going to attempt to address that. And so the whole notion of, 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 of trying to get to that place where I can feel that I have somehow bettered myself. It's no. I have to just kind of, in a certain sense, treat myself on some level as a lost cause. The author actually says that clearly in Tanya. The person has to not, not, he doesn't say the words lost cause, but he says that no amount of, of divine service of torments is actually going to make the, the animal soul free of its evil. And the animal soul is the person, so I'm not freeing myself of the evil. And that can make a person, that can make a person feel rather um, miserable. And what does the Alter Rebbe say about that misery? 
He says many things, um, but one thing he says, and this is kind of key to the whole idea, is don't let that misery detract from the joy of the soul, of the godly soul. In other words, like this. Let's imagine that you are, God forbid, in prison. And there's someone else in prison with you. And you can help them get out of prison, but you're not getting out of prison. How should you feel? How should you feel or how do you feel? Ah, that's should, should. Happy that you Well, I think that depends on what we base the should on, right? What's, are, we, are, we, are we saying that the way we ought to feel should be grounded in ourselves? In that case, I should feel pretty miserable because I'm stuck in prison for the rest of my life, right? But if that's not what should ground my feelings, whether I achieve, then I should actually feel a kind of joy, joy for the fact this person's getting out, or joy for the fact that he's able to help them. If you think about this, the, the, the ability to make yourself and what's going on with you not the center of your own life, it's, it's, it's a very different mindset. And what the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya is that don't let the distress of the fact that the animal soul is irredeemable in the path of the Bainini detract from the joy you have that the godly soul is able to live a godly life. And that's kind of the core idea is that the, the, the trick in a certain sense of the path of the Bainini is there is really a kind of giving up on self-improvement. There's a kind of giving up on trying to make myself better. I am the lost cause. And therefore moving my emotional center away from that. Not that it doesn't bother me at all. It does bother me, and that, that, that being bothered can be channeled and utilized in different ways, but ultimately it can be channeled in different ways if it's, if it's not the thing that defines my whole perspective, my whole attitude to life. In other words, in a weird type of way, the Bainani is, is, is a more profound servant of God than the Tzaddik. For the very simple reason that the Bainini's life involves transcending themselves, not bettering themselves. And therefore, there's a greater sense of humility, a greater sense of submission, a greater focus on God in the path of the Bainini than it's ever really be in the path of the Tzaddik, the path of someone who's trying to better themselves. But in order to make sense of that, I have to be able to accept that there's two souls and one of them is not getting any better and I'm going to set that aside and focus on the other soul. And even though my experience of life is from the soul that is evil and corrupt and ungodly and that one's not getting better, I'm choosing to prioritize the other soul, the godly soul. But if I, if I don't really sense that there's two souls, at the end of the day, there's just a me. And where am I holding? And am I the person I want to be? Then everything about the path of Bainini gets distorted and twisted. And none of it ends up being what, it, what it's supposed to be. Okay. Um, that ability to simultaneously, I am not my soul, but my priority is my soul. 
that mindset, that sense of, of, of life, that's core to what it is to be a Bainani. And so, yeah, I've kind of, in a certain sense, given up on myself. And in extreme cases, that, like, that means that, you know, for instance, in times of Soviet Russia, that w- whether I live or I die is like not really material. It's, what's important is, is the godly soul getting along. Now, we don't live re- more or less in that kind of a situation, but the idea is still the same. And so when you see a person, whether it's another person or especially yourself, learning Hasidus, and the mindset is, this is, a, this is something I want to become. This is a better thing, and I want to be that. I want to become that thing. Everything is getting twisted. Everything is getting distorted. Yeah. So I want to make it more clear, like the distinction between transcending and bettering. Do you give an example of the Sadiq becoming better? Yeah. So... There was a a, a chassid, Mendel Futterfas. Mendel Futterfas said that he feels there. There's some people who have a lot of who have extraneous thoughts during prayers. We call machshava zara. So zara means foreign or alien, and machshava means thoughts. So foreign thoughts, alien thoughts. So you're trying to dive, you're trying to pray, and you've got foreign thoughts. Is it better to have more foreign thoughts or fewer foreign thoughts? You're David, right? So I don't know, like men's shachars last, you know, half hour, 45 minutes or a weekday, whatever it is, right? So how many machshavas or how many thoughts that don't pertain to the actual prayers? Better to have more of them during that time period or fewer? You'd think fewer, right? He said, obviously it's better to have more. No. Would the strength of your prayer that you're like focused on Prayer have to be stronger to overcome. The... No, no, no. Much, he said something much. I'm not. I'm, I'm specifically giving an example. It's not quoted. It's not. This is not what it says in the text. This is from lived experience. What makes it two machshavazars, two extraneous thoughts, as opposed to one? What separates them into two? Time. That in no. That in the meantime you prayed. You have 20 machshavazars, 20 foreign thoughts during prayer. That means you prayed 19 times during that prayer service. <laughs> Why? Because like I sit down, there's a sitter. I start saying words and my mind starts thinking about something nothing to do with the sitter, right? And then before I know it, half hour is over and I finished davening, right? Yeah. And that was one train of thought that circled like, you know, everything from, <laughs> everything from what I'm eating for breakfast to whether my wife is happy with, you know, the, the new the new furniture to like you know whether the whether the class was good and like you just you know one 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 thing leads to the next it's like it's like one one train that stops in many different stations but it's one train of thought that has nothing to do with davening and so it's one giant foreign thought but if you have two foreign thoughts, two thoughts that don't pertain to davening, then what, what, why are they two distinct thoughts? Because you came back to, you came back to davening. <laughs> you had to come back to davening. And so if you do it, but, but what's the, what is the assumption? The assumption is, right, the, the, that only makes sense if you assume, right, that the baseline of the person is that well, they're going to think of the, right, like, in other words, the, our baseline assumption is, and this is where it's like, of course I'm going to get down, I'm going to start davening, start praying, that what's going to happen, I'm going to get into it and I'm going to pray. Because I'm praying and I'm, I'm into that, right? 
And it's like, no, you're not praying because you're an animal. Like, animals don't pray. <laughs> but if somehow the godly soul can worm its way in, you know, two or three times over that half hour, that's pretty good, right? If we can do it, if we can do it 26 times, that's really good, right? It, now, am I saying that it never gets to a case where a bainee can pray and without no extraneous thoughts? No, I'm not saying that that can never happen. But it, it, it's reframing the issue. Right? The success is not that I didn't have, that I was able to have this sense of deep devotion and prayer. The success is that I can't, the, the sense is that I was able to actually start praying. And then when I stopped, I came back to it. And then when I stopped, I came back to it. And I stopped, I came back to it. And I stopped, I came back to it. And what does that show? It shows that the godly soul has a priority in my life, even though it's not who I am. You see how that, like, that, that's a different way of, of, of relating to life, of to thinking about yourself, yeah? I'll give you another example. It says in Chassidus that idolatry, that, sorry, that anger is idolatry. Why is anger idolatry? Because idolatry is, is worshiping another God, right? What's the primary role of God in the world? No, the primary role of God, the primary role, like what job does God have in the world? No, it's not everything. He's supposed to create the world, that's right. And creating the world is a, is a choice, right? He chooses to create the world and then to run the world as he sees fit, right? So he creates the world as he sees fit and runs the world as he fit. So he's the one that decides the way things ought to be, right? Why do we get angry? We don't like the way things are. Okay, but that doesn't always make you angry. It's when you couple that with a sense that the world ought to be the way you want it to be. Mm, so you have, you have put yourself in whose position? God's. Yeah, because all anger is is saying, oh, it shouldn't be this way. Oh, okay, so, so you think you're the one who decides how things should be as opposed to God. Okay, so that's idolatry. <laughs> Can you do the same thing? Okay. Can you say this? Do you use the same logic for sadness? No, sadness, sadness is a little bit more sophisticated as to the issue with sadness. You could, but it, uh, it doesn't say anyone who's sad is worshiping. It says specifically anger. Um, the ultimate does say that and also that if you're sad, it's, it requires a little bit more complexity to explain that. So here's the thing. Do you, are you, are you, so then, I mean, obviously, idol worship is bad, so I should never get angry, right? Right. But, but, <laughs> but what? We're human, right? And humans, how do humans feel that the world should go according to whose plan? Mm, yeah. So, I guess if you're going to become a tzaddik, right, you're going to somehow, like, solve that problem. But if you're not a tzaddik, and you're not trying to be a tzaddik, then are you going to solve that problem? Are you even attempting to solve that problem? Of course I'm going to get angry. 
So then what's the Bainanis going to, what's the Bainanis to do? To strive to not get angry? Confine the anger. Confine the anger. Okay, now, I mean, so there's obviously, you know, like, just because you're angry, you shouldn't, like, actually do things based on your anger, right? From, like, actual physical actions or speak or maybe dwell on it. But there's actually a deeper thing. Yes, but I want to like because that counteracting could not is not necessarily the bane in the, 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 the like that could be about like actually getting rid of the anger. Have you ever seen a child throw a temper tantrum? What's the proper response of a parent when a child throws a temper tantrum? And I'm seeing as a parent, and it's very hard to do this, but what is the proper response of a child throws a temper tantrum? Well, to stay calm. To stay calm. And how do you stay calm? Breathe. Well, you can ignore them, but that actually does not a great tactic. That's what a lot of parents try to do myself. It doesn't work because... Ignoring is, ignoring is a limited resource. And so it becomes a competition of your ability to ignore and their ability to throw a tantrum. And strangely, their ability to throw a tantrum usually outweighs their parents' ability to ignore. Yeah, you just don't take it that seriously. Which is different than ignore it. So this is a six-year-old screaming. That's what this is. This is a six-year-old screaming about the fact that they didn't get a candy. That's what is happening. It is a six-year-old, right, screaming about not getting a candy. And it, I'll say that again. It's a six-year-old screaming about not getting a candy. You say that, like, like what does that, does that sound like such a big deal? No. No. Right? And I, in contrast, you know, am a several decades older adult who has some sense of things that are like a little bit more important, like paying my mortgage or whatever, right? <laughs> so proportionality might be appropriate here, right? right? It doesn't mean that it's necessarily about the consciously saying all that stuff, but there's a sense of like, yeah, it's a child throwing attention. Like, and I'm an adult who has an adult life, living an adult life, right? Because the thing when you're ignoring it is you're taking it seriously, that's so why you have to ignore it. <laughs> A lot of times we get caught up in things. We take them very seriously. So here's the thing, yeah? I am angry. Why am I angry? Because I'm a person. People think the world ought to work the way they want it to work. And so if it doesn't work out that way, I feel angry. Okay. So I'm angry. And what am I? An animal soul. So the animal is acting like an animal. Okay. Like, so like, we all need to like, now like, all like, have a panic attack because of that? Like, how seriously should I take the fact that I feel angry? Not really. And what happens if you don't take it that seriously? Because there's another perspective on the whole issue. It fades. It fades because you're not holding on to it. Yeah, of course. Of course, the animal is being animalistic. Like, what did you expect? Okay. Like you imagine, you imagine someone coming to a parenting class and they say, my child doesn't want to do their chores. 
And the person and the and the, and the person needing parenting classes, okay. Well, I mean, they should want to do their chores. Like they're a child. Children don't want to do chores. That's just the way they are. Like that's the, that is not a problem that the child is child, right? The problem is that the adult has warped senses of reality. That's the problem, <laughs> right? So it's like the and by the way, what this means is also the ability to differentiate like your own innate sense of reality and any sort of like sense of truth, right? Yes, of course I feel angry because I'm a human being and things didn't work out the way I think they should work out. And so I feel angry. That's, that's the way it is. And what does that say? It means that human beings are full of falsehood. So maybe I shouldn't take myself that seriously. Does that prevent you from getting angry again? Yeah. But what it means that anger doesn't really have any influence on how you live your life. What has influence on your how life is the godly soul and its truth. But isn't there a tiny bit of betterment by doing that each time. No. 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 Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's say you get really good at this. And the animal says, you know what? It's just not even worth feeling angry. Because it's just like, it's like the kid with a temper tantrum. It's like, what's the point? Like, I'm going to throw a temper tantrum. My parents could have gone reading their book and nothing's going to happen. It's just a waste of energy. Okay. Right? So the kid stops throwing temper tantrums. Great. Like problem solved, right? No. Why not? It's gonna learn how to get your attention in another way. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, 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 just because, right? You know, just because, you know, the thing is, because you're not. If you change the where where the issue is playing out, you haven't changed the issue. Because that issue is you. It's not right. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem. I am the problem, and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> So I will just figure out a way to be, you know, to play out here and to play out there, right? So until I figure out how to not take me, the human being, that seriously, because there's this higher truth that is also supposed to be part of my life, like, it doesn't matter. When I do, so okay, so the animal, you know, it's a creative, you know, the human animal's a creative animal, it's to adapt, it's to figure out what's the, you know, bide its time. Okay, but the sadik is getting better. How? Oh, that's sad. They, uh, how? But well, what's how? getting better if they never have that anger in the first place? Have you ever had that experience where something didn't work out the way that you wanted to and then life goes on and you realize like that was really, really good. It was good that it worked out that way, not the way you intended? Yeah. Okay. And can you remind yourself of that? Um, when things don't go the way you want, yeah, you can right. That 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 maybe is like a, a, a you know, okay. It helps. Imagine you didn't have to remind yourself of that. Imagine that was just like your innate sense of life. Your innate sense was like whatever I want is like not reliable to begin with. So would you like? You're not, you know, it's not, not saying, oh, I remember last time I got really upset about this and it turned out really good. So that means that maybe actually now also here it's actually not as bad as I think it is. Or, but what if like just that kind of retrospective experience that like the way I wanted it is to be is not really the way it should be. What if you have that prospectively going forward? That you don't have a sense for yourself of how you want it to be because there's nothing you as a human being that should indicate anything about how the world ought to be. Now, that would be a very different sense of reality, right? Do you have that sense? I don't have that sense. Okay. That's a person who never gets angry. 
Not a person whose the anger doesn't take over, the anger doesn't continue. That's a person who never, like, is free of anger. But that means they're, 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 they're having a sense of God being God and God running the world. It's very tangible. It's very real. That's transformative. And not for a moment, but like ongoing. You see how that's like a totally different thing? Yeah. Yeah. Right? The measure of the path of the Bainani is not how often you get angry. It's not even whether you get angry. It's not even how intense the anger necessarily is. What's the measure of? It's like, how much is that whole anger thing itself just taken seriously by you? Which comes down to like, how seriously do you take yourself? And so the idea is, the more seriously you take the godly soul, that means the less seriously take yourself. And so there's this, there's this way of, of, having a, a, of having a kind of almost humor about yourself. And by the way, that works the other way also. That means that you can allow things, yourself to do things, um, because you're not really trying to better yourself and, you know, Sometimes at the end of the day, an animal is just an animal. What do you want from the animal, right? So let's say something that says, this is the animal and he's not getting rid of the animal because you're an animal. But at the same time, it's, it's not inherently bad and it needs to get done. Like, I don't know. Um, like laundry? No. Laundry has nothing to do with being an animal. It has to do with that. Laundry, even Sadiqim have to have laundry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you ever like go out for a treat? Yes. Why? No, you don't. You don't deserve it. Crave it? You don't deserve anything. No, I'm serious. This is an important thing in life. What? Um, you, you, you crave it? Yeah, okay, fine. Okay, so then you're... So, wow, does a Bainini ever go out for a treat? Why not? Does a Bainini? Yeah. I'm going to say for himself, you ever, you ever like been, you ever been horseback riding? Yes. Um, you know that one of the things that they do if you have horses is that sometimes you give them carrots. Mm-hmm. Why do you give the horse carrots? Like, why don't we just sit down and explain to the horse that it's a horse and we're a person, and therefore the order of reality is such that the horse should defer to the person in all cases. <laughs> But the problem is the horse is a horse, and so there's a limit to how much it'll understand this philosophical point, right? But if it, misses, it misbehaves and gets a little whack, and it behaves, it gets a carrot, it kind of learns that, you know, okay, I, I find my, my niche, like, and it's more cooperative, right? So, like, you know, maybe if, like, you're in a rotten mood and you're kind of miserable because you're, a, you know, a pathetic animal, like we all are, and you've got important things to do that require a good mood, you know, maybe going out for like ice cream for, you know, coming back in a better mood is probably the fastest way for the godly soul to get what needs to get done. And just like, there's nothing necessarily intrinsically holy about getting ice cream, but it's an animal. What do you expect? And yes, the animal is me. So like, did you understand? Like, like you really have to have this kind of like, almost a humor about yourself because it, it, it's not about the animal stopping to be an animal. The animal's an animal. The question is, is the animal running the show? That's the question. The baby is like, it's an animal. It's staying an animal. It's going to become more animalistic. So but, but, the animal, but, the, but, it's not, but the animal shouldn't be running the show. Because so it's an animal. 
What? With the godly soul, yeah. Sometimes the godly soul. I mean, this is the Balshanto's explanation of why there's a mitzvah to eat meat and drink wine on the festivals. The godly soul is trying to rejoice. What? I told you this already? Different idea. No, you're supposed to just rejoice. The godly soul is supposed to rejoice. No, 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 nothing like that. No. The problem is the godly soul has a hard time rejoicing when the animal is miserable. It's like the, the Balshanto good analogy. There was once the son of a king, and he went far away, and he's in a place where everybody is these coarse, you know, peasants, and they don't even know anything about the king, and he's there for whatever reason. And he one day gets a letter from the king and he's very overjoyed and he wants to celebrate, but he can't exactly share the letter with all of these peasants because they wouldn't appreciate it anyway. So what does he do? He goes into the tavern and says, a round of drinks for everyone on me. And they're all rejoicing because they got free booze. And now he's got someone to, now he's now the celebratory spirit. <laughs> so like, you know, you give, you give some meat and wine to the animal, the animal feels pretty, you know, pretty good, pretty loose, pretty open. And then the godly soul's like, okay, now in this environment, I can rejoice. But yeah, I mean, like what kind of creature like, like feels good because it ate other animal flesh and drank alcohol. I mean, it's not like, it's not a very like, wow, it's such a spiritual thing. Now, maybe a tzaddik has some way of like transforming things into holiness and whatever, but that's not a bain any. You see, like, you're not trying to become a better person. You're just trying to let the pathetic animal, the person that we are, not run the show. And that means there's like an active choice to prioritize the godly soul, to prioritize God. And there's a, a, a deeper sense of worship of God, of devotion to God, of service to God in that than in actually trying to make yourself godly and trying to make yourself holy. Wait, so is it not spiritual growth then to be a Because you said in the beginning that spiritual growth is... So it's, it's a different... It's, this, it's a growth in how I relate to myself. I don't become better. In other words... What's the difference kind of overall between the Russia and the Bainani? The Russia gets angry, the Bainani gets angry. What's the difference? The Bainani is trying to act differently. Nah. The, the Russia might also try to act differently. The, the Russia takes his anger very seriously. The Bainani wants to be better than No. The, 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 the Russia takes his anger seriously. Now, he might curtail it because of all sorts of other things. Like, you know, if you get angry and like start throwing things at people, you might end up in jail. So it's a bad idea to do that, right? But they take the anger seriously. The Bainani is like, well, I mean, it's an animal. Animals are being animals. I mean, it's not something like, it is what it is, right? But that, that shouldn't, the animal shouldn't run the show, right? And so it doesn't take the, the anger that seriously, or the Bainani rather takes the godly soul more seriously. That's all. But the godly soul isn't the person. It is. Why? Direct quote in Tanya. Make four I statements which are true. Do it. I am like anything. Any four statements that are true. I am a female. I am 19 years old. I am in Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay, three of those were physical facts. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the fourth one is a social role. Right? Okay. Can you now make four I statements 
which are more personal in nature. They don't have to be like things that people should know about you, but they're more personal things. Like, like the fact that you are a particular age, I mean, right for now, I mean, next year you'll be a different age, right? And like, mm-hmm. gender is like a, you know, barring very weird cases, a 50-50 split one way or the other, right? <laughs> it's a physical factor of your body, right? Your physical location can change, you know, at any time. Like even take I am a student, right? And take that more personal, right? That's a social role, but like, I... Like learning. There we go. There's a statement. You like learning. Okay. Give me another statement that's in that genre. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. I'll go with that. That's two. <laughs> we only have two more to do. I like learning. I don't like Rabbi Coffin picking on me. Okay. Continue. Things that are like, again, like yeah. just physical facts about your body. Things that are more about you as a living person. You like learning and you don't like me picking on you. Okay, those are, those are good. Can you use the ones other than preferences? Right, There's, yeah. right. I don't want to do the same thing. Like, I don't like this. Okay, are, are you honest? I try to be honest. Okay. That's like double because that's both a value and like a, a drive towards action. So that, okay, okay, fine. And I like working hard. And you like working hard. Okay. Does your, when you said I like learning, that was your godly soul likes learning or wasn't your godly soul that likes learning? The way, I'm not asking you as objective your godly soul. When you said, I like learning, the I in that statement was a reference to your godly soul or not? I think it's both. It wasn't. You want me to, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. Because there's no I statements in a godly soul? No, 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 no. There are statements that I statements in a godly soul. That's not true. Um, I'll prove it to you. Does everyone like learning? Every Jew, does every Jew like learning? Does every Jew have a godly soul? Yeah. Okay. Um, so if what you were saying was the godly soul, right, that means being in touch with that part that's the same for all Jews, right? Did it feel like you're in touch with something that's universal to all Jews or is it something that's kind of, no, okay. Um, that you don't like me picking on you? Godly soul or not godly soul? Not godly soul. Not godly soul. Um, what else did you say? Oh, you, you, you try to be honest. Godly soul saying that? Right. So this, this, this sense of I from which you speak and what you refer to when you say I, right? Right? Who's that? It's not the godly soul. So then by default, what is it? No, so th- th- it's very complicated, but I'm, I want to talk about the, the actual experience of life. The experience of life is, uh, as the Alter Rebbe says, that the Adam Atza, the person himself, is the animal soul. Now, 
This is why we say in our prayers, Neshama Shinasata, be the soul you place to me, to her he is pure, right? Not I am the soul, the soul you place to me. Now, I can identify, this is important, there's a difference between who I am and who I identify with. And I'm going to give you just like a simple example, okay? Um, I am not my children. Okay, I'm not. But when I get my children's report card and they're doing well in school, how do I feel? I feel proud. Now, why should I feel proud? I didn't do well in school. I mean, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but this is not my, <laughs> someone, else was do, someone else was doing well in school, right? So why do I feel proud? Because I identify with them, right? Now, um, about one quarter of all Nobel Prizes were won by Jews. And this makes many of us feel proud. And like, why do we feel proud? Did you win a Nobel Prize? <laughs> but you identify with your group identity. And so you take some kind of weird credit for things that people in your group do, even though you didn't do them, right? So this notion of identifying with versus who you actually are. Those are not the same thing, right? So if I said I am my godly soul, it's just false. Yeah, it's just false. <laughs> now, if you're talking about if you're talking about any kind of like experience of life, now is there some kind of ontological sense in the sense of the truth of metaphysical reality which you are your godly soul? Yes, that is true, but that's a different discussion. Right? Every time you say the word "I," whatever you, the thing you ref, the thing you are referring to by that word "I" intuitively is not your godly soul. No, we are our godly soul. And the whole trick of the Bainani is, the Bainani is like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm an animal. But I identify with the godly soul. So therefore, if the godly soul is, 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 if the godly soul is getting the opportunity to do the things that are important to the godly soul, that's a success. If the animal is creating too many problems for the godly soul, that's a problem. But the animal is not some animal out there. The animal is? Yes. But I'm not actually expecting the animal to stop being an animal, ever. In fact, I'm expecting the animal to get more animalistic and more clever at being animalistic. What would be examples of, was the, the prompt you gave was to give four I statements about yourself? Mm, that, are, that are more personal, not like things about like physical reality. What would be an example of an I statement that would be a reflection of godly soul. I am, I, am, I, am, I am going to go feed that decrepit creature, meaning your body. <laughs> That's what Hillel said. Or my favorite statement of Hillel, if I am here, everything is here. Wait, what? Yeah, Hillel said, if I am here, if I'm here, everything is here. Could you make it more simple and say, I am peace? No. Why? Because you're not. What if you are? Well, because nobody is. I and mean, it's an explicit so statement of the sages, we're not peace. We, what? That oh, that's a positive statement. After all, if, if, if all that really matters in life is a sense of the presence of God, and that's kind of an innate thing in your psyche, then if you're here, do you really need anything else? No. All right. Because God is here. Because <laughs> the sense of God goes along with you automatically. <laughs> and not the same thing. Sure, but isn't it wrong to say it in that way? Why? If I am here, but no, if, if she's here, you're here. But it's not true. 
Because there's no, I don't come, I don't come along with an automatic sense of God. If I did, I would never sin. I would never get angry. I would never be tempted to sin. Right? I would. Yeah. So you're just saying that the I statements, like the four things, are right now an animal soul, but the bainini. The they stay the same. So all the bainini does, right? The bainini. So the bain, So for instance, this is like a bainini mindset, but not applied to like the godless animal soul, right? I do not want to get out of bed when the baby is crying. Yeah, because I'm in bed. Why do I want to get out of bed when the baby's crying? But I identify with the baby, right? And I sense that the baby's needing the bottle is more important than me staying in bed. And so what do I do? I get out of bed, right? Now, do I expect that the next time, if I do that enough times, eventually I'll really, really, I will enjoy the privilege of getting out of bed in the middle of the night because the baby's crying? No, because, yeah. Why would I do that? No, the godly soul is the crying baby. (laughs) That needs to be taken care of. That needs to be taken care of. When you get up in the morning, let's be honest, when you get up in the morning, do you really want to pour your heart out to God? No. No. Okay. But you know who needs to pour your heart out to God? So you've got to schlep yourself to shul or schlep yourself to wherever you pray if you don't go to shul and open a sitter and say the words and try and focus because the godly soul needs the opportunity to express itself to God and, you know, it's just the way it needs it, and, you know. Yeah. And try not to disturb too much. And, and, you know, and maybe a coffee and cake beforehand will help because otherwise you just think of breakfast for the next 45 minutes and the godly soul will not have the opportunity to do anything. It's like a very different way of thinking about life, yes? Okay. Okay, but then there has to be a limit, right, of how much you can give to your animal. Oh, yes. What's a lot of it's No, yeah, sure, but saying like, okay... Maybe it's a very simple limit. Coffee. Sure. And then you're not that. Okay, maybe another muffin. Or another. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah, you know what the limit is? What? The limit is when it starts to be in, when it starts to be in charge. Then you cross the line. Oh. Yeah. Is that an easy line to figure out? No. Now, I will tell you that line is much much closer than the Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law. This is part of, part of, see, the thing is, the Baini doesn't, in most cases, doesn't care what's written in the Code of Jewish Law. Not, oh, there are some cases, yes, but most cases not. Why? Because it's before that. Because it's before that. Like, like I, why do I care that it's permitted? Who cares it's permitted? If, 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 the animal, if the animal is running the show, then we have a problem. I don't care that it's allowed. Now, there are some times where there are genuinely conflicting considerations and we need to know what the halacha would be. Okay, fine, but... Yeah. Or... Or I really do need to be, take care of the animal to some degree so that you know, the godly soul can get what needs done. But I need to figure out the way to do it in such a way I don't violate halacha, right? So it's not like you ignore the code of Jewish law, but that's like, that's not the boundary that you're living with. That's what it means to be with me, which I'm As far as I understand, this is why the, the first kind of thing that Chassidim would work on, just traditionally, was that what's forbidden is forbidden and what's permitted is unnecessary. 
Like, do you really need this? Like, really? Your godly soul is benefiting from this? If the answer, why is it miserable? Why is it miserable? Because, like, it makes everything feel pathetic. Like, okay, like... Well, one second. It does make everything... It's pathetic. ...pathetic other than... The godly soul. That's right. Which is why you can't be a Bainani unless you have some appreciation and value and identification with the godly soul, right? If you take that out and then you try to do Bain and it doesn't work, you just end up with this hollow, miserable life trying to imitate some kind of ascetic and it won't work. Isn't it said that most people are Bain and No, it is not. What, in what, but they're not exotics, but they're not... Most so of us are... Russian? Yeah, yeah, Russian. Mm-hmm. Well, not Russian, Russia, we're Russian. Russia. Yes, yes, yes. That's what comes out. Like, I'm a Russia. What does it mean I'm a Russia? It means my, the animal's running the show. And if the godly soul, if it's nice, it gives the godly soul some time to, like, you know, do its thing when it has the patience. Didn't the Rebbe, like, identify himself as a Danny and that's Rabbah, a great. That's Rabba, a great sage in the times of the Talmud, and he was wrong, by the way. Uh, the, the, the thing is, the thing is that if a Bainani could get to an experience where they're so engrossed in living a life by through identifying with the godly soul that they might not be sensitive to the fact that they're really not a tzaddik. In other words, it is entirely possible. Um, I'll give you an example. Have you ever, um, have you ever worked on like a, uh, like a, a project, like a writing assignment for college or something that was like very demanding? Yes. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> okay. And where you, you finished it and it's close to the deadline? It's, yeah, it's today. Right. Okay. So I would imagine that you probably spent time working on it. Yeah. And, and during that time, like your particular, um, the, the particular type of, of, you know, going out and having a, you know, a treat or ice cream or coffee with your friends, like that was like a non thing, like the last few hours you really need to work on to get it all done. Like you're just totally focused on that. This yes. last year was hell. Right. Okay. Right. Cause you're so grace in that. And like, there's just not space for all this other stuff. Right. Okay. So now what if it was working on a project that was that demanding, but it was also something that you, you, you genuinely had like intrinsic value for the work you were doing also. It wasn't just an assignment. It had all of that plus the fact you found it really intriguing and profound and engaging on, on, on a personal level. Okay. Now imagine like that's how you live your life in reference to God and the godly soul. Would you be easily able to tell whether you're a tzaddik or a benani? Mm. Wouldn't be so easy to tell. Right, it'd be very, it's a, and, be, and if you're humble, this is an important thing, humble people are not busy trying to analyze themselves all the time, unless it has some like pragmatic, necessary reason. Right? Like if you're a humble person and you walk into a room, you don't assume that you're the smartest person. You don't assume you're the dumbest person. You just assume like, I mean, we're all people here. Like, I'm, some of us are smarter than others, whatever, it doesn't matter. Now, if you walk into a kindergarten and you realize that you're smarter than the kindergartners because... That's, that's, you don't have to like pay attention to yourself. That's kind of obvious. So Rabba, because he was a tzaddik and because he was very humble, um, he assumed that he's more like, the, he's, he's more normal than exceptional. And therefore he assumed that he's probably just a Bainani who's really enthusiastic about his service of God rather than an actual tzaddik. And he was wrong. Okay, fine. But. That just shows how high the world is. Yeah, Bainani can reach very high. But the point is, 
it's not about it's not about it's it's not about like reaching a higher level of bainu. Like that's not the point. Like if you start thinking of it that way, then you've kind of undone what the bainu is, right? It's like I want. How do I become a higher level bainu? It's like no, that's not. <laughs> like, just you. Just remember, just like very simple. You are an animal. You have a godly soul. Identify with the godly soul, and don't let the animal cause problems for the godly soul. Try to just live that way, and see where that takes you. It's a very different thing, right? There was a great chassid named um, Shmuelunkus. Have you heard of Shmuelunkus? Okay. Um, I have to tell. I, I, there's one story I'm going to tell, which is how, how Shmuelunkus died, because that's related to the class. But I do have to like say one or two other Shmuelunkus stories just so you get a sense of who he was. Um, so one time, a, a magid, a preacher, came to the town where Shmuelunkus was, and he he gave a speech. And in the speech, he spoke about how everyone is sinners and they're going to be punished and they have to repent because God is you know, angry with them for all their sins. It was a common thing that happened in Eastern Europe. You, you Traveling preacher, you pay him and he tells you how bad your community is and you all weep and repent. So afterwards, Rav Shumunkus is chassid al and he goes to where this maga, this preacher was staying and he, he goes into his room and Shumunkus was a trained shochat, a ritual slaughterer. So he has his shechita knife, which is a big knife. And he comes in and he asks this preacher if he could speak to him privately. He was very moved by the speech. And the preacher, oh, of course, he'll come in. Feeling very, very good, proud of himself. And so Shomokas takes out his shechita knife and he, the whetstone, he starts sharpening it. And he says, so I really think it would, I was really moved and I really want to do tshuva. And the, the preacher's looking at the knife and he's like, okay. <laughs> so, so, but it's not so easy to do tshuva. He's like, okay. One of the uh, ways of doing tshuva is praying at the gravesite of a tzaddik. <laughs> so, okay. Well, we don't have any tzaddikin buried in our town. <laughs> so I was thinking that I would check you and then, then we could all do tshuva because we could pray at your gravesite. <laughs> and he says, I'm not such a tzaddik. And he says, well, what do you mean you have to such a speech? Well, I've sinned. I go, oh, really? Well, what do you mean? And he starts to confess this one says, oh, compared to the sins that we, our community has done, that, you're still a tzaddik. And he's going until he confesses all the horrible things the man has done. He says, then he says, you hypocrite. Just you monk us, okay? Um, when the altar ever was going to be arrested, so he wasn't sure if he should go with, cooperate with the Russian government or not, it was a life and death situation. So he consulted Shulmonkis, his chassid Shulmonkis, what he thought. And Shulmonkis said, well, if you're really a Rebbe, then the bullets won't hurt you. And if you're not really a Rebbe, you deserve to be shot for depriving oh, so many Jews of the pleasures of this world. <laughs> anyway, Shulmonkis, okay. So how did Shulmonkis die? So he was in whatever town he was in, I don't remember, um, may not even be known. And he's walking in the market and he sees another chas and he says, come, I want to show you something. He says, what? And I want to show you how a goat dies. A goat. You ever seen a goat? You know? Yeah, so I want to show you how a goat dies. He's like, okay, that's a little weird. Takes him over to a side alley. Shlomo lies down. He says, vidui, and he dies. Because at the end of the day, an animal is an animal. Oh my God. <laughs> how does a goat die? A goat that identifies with the godly soul and, and makes sure not to get in the way of the godly soul, but a goat nonetheless. 
Do you see what I mean? Like it's not, oh, like there's different, you can become a better person and you can like learn this work, you can learn this work, you can learn this. It's like not about being a better person. It's just not. Now, will you act in a better way? Yeah. Will good things that your soul has to offer come out into your life? For sure. Have you become any better? Not really. And what happens the day that the Bainini decides to take a vacation? Let the, let, eh, the animal soul, you know, the animal soul, it, 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 let it have a turn. Right? Not give the horse a carrot because it's a horse and I, I want to get somewhere, but because, you know, the rider is sick of trying to actually be the rider and just lets the horse just go on its own for a little bit. What happens to the Bainini? And they might turn out to be a very, very bad person inside. They might turn out to be like, like not just bad in the kind of spiritual sense. It might turn out that they actually have like, like even like overtly ethical evil inside of them. That's never been addressed. And as long as they're abandoning, it doesn't really need to be addressed. Chassidim would say that really this idea of what, what Pesach Sheni. Pesach Sheni is the second Pesach. And on Pesach, in order to bring the Karm Pesach, the Paschal offering, right, which brings you close to God, you have to first get rid of your chametz. All the chametz, which represents the evil, you have to get rid of that first, and only then are you allowed to bring the Karm Pesach, the Paschal offering. But on the second Pesach, if you miss the first Pesach, you don't need to get rid of your chametz. You can bring the Karm Pesach. You can't eat the Karm Pesach with the chametz, but you can have chametz, it's fine. Keep it in the corner. Don't let it interfere with the, with the, with the... So you can have like a Seder, like back in temple times. You, if you miss the first Seder for whatever legitimate reason, right? Now you're doing the second Seder a month later, right? You went to the base of Migdash, you brought your Haskell offering, you come home, you get your matzah, you get your mara, right? And you're sitting down, you're doing the whole thing and like you've got a whole like closet full of like cookies and crackers and whatever. It's like, it's fine. Just, just as long as it stays over there, it doesn't like actually get in my... Matzah, Mar, Pesach thing, I'm fine. That idea that identifying with the godly soul, what it needs, I'm like, the animal's an animal, what do you expect? As long as the animal's not, as long as the animal's manageable, right? As long as the animal's not, not bucking the rider and throwing him into the mud, we're okay. Make sense? Yeah. Okay, you need a lot of... Um, you need, you need a lot of willingness to be honest and to, be, and to have humor about yourself. And, and it's ultimately like really not taking yourself that seriously, but taking the godly soul really seriously. Yeah? Would that also mean like, and not taking yourself seriously, like, even when you do good things, like, the same way like you wouldn't take your anger seriously, like, I don't know, if you like finished a big safer, like gave a bunch of stuff and it like helped the whole school, you wouldn't think like, um... Exactly, so 100%. No, you would think the thing that it happened is so great because of the godliness. I'm so great, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, there were two men who were trying to travel, yeah. One was a farmer trying to, to um, get to the tavern to drink after a hard day's work. And the other was a chassid traveling to his Rebbe, to your chassidus. So afterwards, the horses met up. 
and the, the horse that took the chassid to Lubavitch, and he says, you know, I brought the chassid to Lubavitch. Like, I'm such a chassidic horse. Like, I'm so devout. <laughs> the other one's like, no, you're a horse. He just, he just took the guy wherever he wanted you to go, take him. And like, you know, my guy wanted to go drinking and your guy wanted the horses. Like, there's no difference on the level of the horses, right? The, the mitzvah, the, the Torah that you learned, the tzedakah you gave, that's divine, that's infinite, that's amazing. Me? I mean, I guess it's good that the horse did this. Now, if, look, if, if, if it can be a carrot to get you to do more, then it's not so bad, right? But that's all it is. It's a carrot to get you to do more. It's not like it has any like, real intrinsic worth. And that has to be adjusted accordingly, right? Some, car- some horses need more carrots. Some horses need more sticks. Some horses need, need to just stop thinking so much and just do whatever. But horses, camels, whatever, whichever animal you prefer. It's a different thing, right? I, I will end on this note. The 14th chapter of Tanya has the line, Midas habenani, he midas kol adam. The trait of the benani is the trait of every person. And after this trait, every person should pursue. Every person should be drawn after that trait. And the, the grandson of the Alter Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, the Tzedek Rebbe, he has a note where he says, and afterward, every person should pursue. He says, and this includes the tzaddik. The tzaddik has to find a way to be a benani. Because there's something truly profound about a benani. Someone who identifies with God and the focus is not on themselves Identifies with the soul, not on the self. And what happens if the soul has become me? Well, then that creates an interesting question, how to find a Bainini-like dimension in such a person's life. And every person should pursue it. And he says, what, do, what is he adding? Every person should pursue it, even it's Tzadik. And Chassidus does speak about how even the godly soul has its own kind of limitations that need to be transcended. Which is a topic for another time. But that idea, not taking yourself so seriously, but taking the soul seriously, taking God seriously. And that's very different because almost every other path of spiritual growth is about taking my need to be better in some way that resonates with me seriously. And that's what it's predicated on. And that's why you can have someone who learns Chastanya, learns Chassidus, and they get it. And the living, the living is one other thing, but they get it. Another person, to them, it's interchangeable with any other approach because at the end of the day, it's about making yourself better and improving yourself. And you, know, you can do it with this technique or that technique, but it's fundamentally the same thing. And they don't get it. Yeah? Why is this not the most self I know it's not. Why is this not what? Why is this not having the most self because you're not really supposed to identify with yourself. Then what are you looking at yourself as? And if it is low self-worth? Mm-hmm. Is that like not an unhealthy thing that's going to stop you from doing what you're supposed to do? So then I guess you better tell the horse, you're such a special horse. You're carrying the godly soul around. You should feel privileged so that the horse <laughs> so doesn't, so doesn't, so the horse doesn't fall into a state of depression and sadness and not motivated and then the godly soul suffers. Yes, you're right. 
But don't take it too seriously, because you're just placating a horse at the end of the day. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, everything other than God is somewhat idolatrous, and our sages say the only thing that you're supposed to mock is idolatry. You add mental health into anything. One second. You add mental health into anything, then what you have to do is you have to realize that there's two totally different things. There's is a person able to function as a person, and then there is the idea of spiritual growth in Judaism or not. The same thing. If a person is not functional as a person, right? So then, okay, we have to figure out how to do that, right? If the horse breaks its leg, you take it to a veterinarian. If the horse is depressed, so I don't know, you take it to a veterinary psychologist. I don't know. <laughs> but like, that's, that's not like directly pertinent thing. No, because I was thinking there's many different senses of self right? there's a sense of self-awareness there's a sense of which, which has many aspects an internal sense of self-awareness and external and social that, that's a totally different thing right in fact this necessarily entails that right Part of it is like to realize, oh yeah, I'm an I'm an animal. I mean, like the difference between me and a and a horse is okay. Well, there's a lot of difference between me and a horse, but the difference between me and a chimpanzee, um, you know, chimpanzees are social animals. Chimpanzees problem solve. Chimpanzees are tribal. Chimpanzees are indulgent. I'm just better at it, I think. Plus, I have the power of language. Right. So that you tack on, oh, and I have needs for meaning and purpose. Okay, I guess that makes me somewhat different, but it's still like my needs for something, right? Self-aware, not self-aware. Yeah, self-aware is a critical. You can't do anything that. But think self-aware comes with, self, comes with, comes with humor. Because it really is funny. <laughs> like, have you ever looked at it? I'll give you a different, different example. Have you ever like, listened to like, a child like, pontificate about how the world works? And you're like... You're eight. You don't understand anything. Like, like it might make sense in your like warped eight year old mind, but like, it, it, that's just not how reality actually is, right? So why is it different when you're twenty eight or fifty eight? Somehow now you have some deeper truth of how reality truly is. It's just the same thing, you know. You know, it, it's a little bit more of the same thing. And at least the eight-year-old has the humility that when you point it out to them, they kind of have an intuitive sense that you're probably right. <laughs> Maybe we should keep that like, kind of childlike sense of not taking our own sense of reality that seriously. If there's one good thing I can say about LSD is that apparently people that take LSD, one thing they often walk away from <laughs> is they don't take their experiences of life that seriously because they have a sense that you can have a totally different sense of reality and what reality actually is may not be what your sense of it is at all. Now, that could take you very bad directions, but that same idea, right? Can, you know, I know people became religious, not because of what they experienced on LSD, just because of the fact that they realized that what you experience in reality do not necessarily coincide. And maybe I shouldn't take myself that seriously. And that opens you up to the fact that there's something else. And you don't have to take LSD for that. I'm not recommending taking LSD for that, but it does illustrate the point somewhat. And children have a kind of sense of that. Maybe we need to preserve that childlike thing inside of us. Good? Thank you. Okay. So yes, baining, not self-improvement. Wait, could I say that a baining is someone that 
only puts worth and value on things outside of ourselves. No, obeying is someone who only puts worth and value on godly things. So you're putting things outside of yourself that aren't godly. Well, I mean, outside of the animal. No, itself. godly. <laughs> no. Godly. The, the, that, dy- that psychological state can exist. No, you can have a Benini-like approach to many things, right? I mean, a good example of this is like a soldier with a mission, right? They identify with the success of the mission rather than their own personal well-being, right? Okay, fine, that has that kind of quality to it, but they're not a Benini because a Benini is a way of serving God. 